Uh, we have, well, we, we've kind of uh, been off and on the past couple of, uh, of uh, classes uh, with VBS last week, and then a couple of weeks, or I guess three weeks ago, uh, I was in a, another congregation speaking, and so uh, we are attempting to finish the curriculum on the life of Christ. Uh, we are in lesson 128 tonight, out of 129, so we are this close to finally finishing this uh, this series of lessons that we began in January of 2022. So we have been uh, well over a year and a half uh, going through uh, the life of Christ. Hopefully it's been a good study uh, for you uh, to see everything sort of chronologically ordered out. And so again, we're going to uh, finish off here next week, hopefully, Lord willing. And, uh, but tonight we have uh, one more lesson to get to before we get to that final lesson. And uh, we're going to be looking at the the eighth appearance. You know, I guess probably for the past month and a half, we've been uh, studying the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And again, I told you, uh, you know, a few weeks ago that hopefully you're going to, uh, by the time we're done with this, uh, you're going to remember all of these in sequential order since we've been going over them over and over again. But uh, again, we, we first uh, saw Jesus appear to Mary Magdalene. Uh, That was the first appearance, and then the second appearance was when uh, he appears to the women, uh, the group of women there, and then the third appearance was to Peter, and again, that was, the the scriptures don't really give us much detail as to what happened, but, you know, what a sight that would have been to uh, behold. Uh, The fourth appearance was uh, Jesus interacting with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and the other unknown individual. And then the fifth appearance was with the 11 apostles minus Thomas. And so really just 10 apostles. And all five of those appearances, you know, we noted that that all happened on the Lord's or on that on that day, you know, that resurrection Sunday. Right. So all of those things took place uh, on that Sunday. And then we fast forward a week later to the sixth appearance. And that was with the, the 11 apostles, but this time with Thomas. And again, uh, this all was taking place in Jerusalem. And then two weeks ago, in our last lesson, we uh, noticed the seventh, the seventh appearance of Jesus. And this, of course, was uh, John chapter 21, right? Uh, Jesus uh, appears to them, or at least the seven, right? Seven of those disciples who were out fishing that day uh, in the Sea of Galilee, and I put the map up today since uh, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of different places. But again, uh, just for reference, you know, the Sea of Galilee is up here uh, in the region of Galilee. And so that's where we are in this, uh, in this lesson. And so they're up there fishing. Uh, Peter wanted to go fishing. They all decided to go fishing with him. And we kind of talked about, you know, was that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, was, was this Peter and the disciples giving up on Jesus or... You know, was it just them trying to sustain themselves and, and feed themselves? But remember, they catch nothing, right? They fished all night. They caught nothing. And then there's this guy on the shore who's saying, hey, what have you caught out there? And, uh, you know, he tells them to lower their nets on the other side, right? And then uh, they catch, what was it, 153 fish. Uh, miraculously, uh, they know uh, what's going on, that this, uh, of course, is Jesus. And so... What, is, what does Peter do? Uh, he jumps into the water, doesn't he? He jumps into the water and swims uh, to shore. 
and um, they, they all get to shore. They have breakfast with Jesus. And, and then we talked about that private meeting that went on between uh, Jesus and Peter. Uh, remember, uh, he says to him, do you love me more than these? And he asked them three times, do you love me, Peter? And again, that was probably emphasizing those three times that Peter uh, denied uh, Jesus. And so, um, and then we recall that Peter tried to change the subject, didn't he? Uh, he tried to, uh, well, what about this man, John? You know, this guy uh, that's following us, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus said, listen, Peter, uh, don't worry about him, but you follow me. Right? And so it was just a very, um, a very uh, emphatic way to end uh, that lesson, again, for, for Peter. And, um, and so that was the seventh appearance. And tonight, again, we're going to talk about the eighth appearance. And this, is, this all revolves around uh, the Great Commission. Uh, hopefully those are some uh, passages that we're very familiar with, uh, the Great Commission. Uh, we're going to notice Matthew, Mark, and Luke all sort of line out. And I'll, I'll put those scriptures up here on the overhead as well. But just to get us thinking, you know, what, what, is, what does the Great Commission uh, mean to you? Do, does the Great Commission apply to us today? You know, I've heard individuals say, you know, Jesus was speaking simply to those uh, disciples, those apostles, uh, giving them the Great Commission. And so therefore, I don't need to follow the Great Commission. And so we'll answer that question here uh, t- tonight as well. Um, but recall, uh, we are, again, uh, we are back up in Galilee, right? Uh, uh, the crucifixion, of course, takes place down in Jerusalem. Uh, that's where uh, he appears those first uh, five times, well, six times where he appears to them. Uh, but then the seventh appearance that we studied uh, two weeks ago, they were back up here in Galilee, fishing here in the Sea of Galilee. And again, that's where we are uh, at this time. Um, we read... Well, it's been a while since we read this passage, but remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where Paul was laying out all of those different appearances that Jesus had post-resurrection? And he gives us one that we, um, you know, we don't necessarily have record uh, for in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, but it's always, it probably always stands out to us just by the sheer numbers of individuals that this takes place. Uh, remember, it says... Uh, after he had appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, uh, most of whom remain now, uh, but some have fallen asleep. And so the curriculum, uh, again, takes the, if you're going to read that, uh, um, you know, it's going to take the position that, that those 500 disciples that uh, see Jesus at that time, it's going to take place during this event that we're going to study here uh, this evening about uh, Jesus again giving the Great Commission. And so what we want to do is let's just go ahead because uh, they're, they're shorter uh, verses. We'll read Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account. We'll see if I can get that up here. And I'll, I'll explain the sort of the color coding here uh, in, a, in a moment. But of course, Matthew's, I think we're most familiar with Matthew's uh, Great Commission. So uh, Matthew 28, 18, and 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Mark 16, 15, and 16. Again, another verse I think we're familiar with. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And then, of course, Luke also gives us a commission as well. Uh, but I think we're probably least familiar with this one. Uh, Luke 24, verses 46 through 48. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So, let's, uh, let, let's, set, the, let's set the scene for this, again, this eighth appearance. So, uh, again, you know, they're, they're in Galilee, right? Um, you know, Jesus actually told them. If you recall, Jesus told them before his death, burial, and resurrection... Uh, back in uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 32, he told them uh, that uh, they're going to need to meet up in Galilee. And so uh, this, they should have already known this uh, already, that this was going to take place, that they were going to need to meet up. But then, of course, when we read uh, the first and second appearance of Jesus, uh, we saw that the angels reminded the, uh, the women right, to, to go and tell the brethren to go to Galilee. And then Jesus himself told the women as well, I remember, go to Galilee. And so, that, again, that's where we are. And, you know, are we curious as to why? You know, why go to Galilee? Um, I don't think we're told uh, precisely why, uh, but uh, it's interesting that, well, if you're in Matthew 28, we look at verse 16. Uh, says, but the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. So, again, before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he talked to them. He he designated a spot for them to meet up on. Now, again, when we talk about the mountains in uh, Israel, I mean, are we talking about some, you know, Mount Everest mountains? Now, we're, 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 uh, some, we might refer to them as hills, you know. Uh, these aren't these gigantic, um, you know, Mount Everest mountains, but to them, it was quite, it was quite the elevation. And are, is there significance to mountains, hills within Scripture? Okay, the idea of being closer to God? Do some pretty well-known events take place on mountains within Scripture? Yeah. Yeah. Mount Sinai, of course. That, that's a big one in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Calvary. And, you know, we got, the, uh, you know, what's, what was the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus called? What do we call it? Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, Sermon on the Mount, right? Uh, sermon on the Mountain, uh, where he goes up and and, you know, he gets a little bit higher than everyone, and he preaches that sermon to them. Uh, you know, Jesus would go up on mountains uh, to pray. Again, the, these great big hills. Uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Again, another great event that happens. And so, um, a lot of, again, a lot of special things take place uh, in this sort of uh, context, right? A revelation from God. Um, 
uh, you know, communion with God. And so, so again, we wonder why Galilee? You know, again, we're not told specifically which mountain uh, they were to meet at, but um, I think the curriculum talked about that. You know, why why did they leave Jerusalem and go to Galilee? And you know, the best hint or the best you know the the best. Um, uh, thought was was maybe just to give them some separation between uh, their enemies uh, at that time, right? So they, they go back up to Galilee. Uh, this is where they're at. This is where Jesus is going to give, the, again, the Great Commission. And again, the, the, um, you know, possibly this is where, you know, those 500 brethren uh, at once, you know, see the, the post-resurrected uh, Lord. And so if you're in Matthew 28, let's Okay, so we just read verse 16. Uh, Verse 17 says, So when they saw him, uh, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. So after all we've been through, uh, all those first seven appearances, uh, it says that some uh, were doubtful. Does that make any sense to us? And so that's, that, that makes the point that, uh, you know, the curriculum makes that point that, you know, this is probably a, a reason why, you know, this was that event that took place with those 500 brethren, right? Uh, the apostles at this point, you know, they should have been pretty convinced uh, about Jesus. But, you know, maybe it's some of these newer disciples who haven't yet seen uh, the resurrected Lord. Maybe it's them, uh, again, who um, were doubtful at that point. Uh, so... Uh, making that connection, uh, you know, Jesus here, he speaks to the crowd and he's going to give him or give them again, this great commission. And so um, very significant, right? Very significant event that's about to take place. Uh, We read about this, oh, probably a month ago uh, when we looked at this passage in Acts chapter one, and we'll revisit Acts chapter one next week. But I just want to read this again, Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Because Jesus is not just appearing for the sake of appearing, right? Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 3 lets us know that uh, to those he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Remember that? Uh, he, he's just not appearing to them to build their faith up, but he's also appearing to them to teach them specifically about things about the kingdom of God, right? Um, the, the church. And so uh, he's still got a lot of teaching uh, to do. Uh, but again, this, this appearance that we're studying here tonight, you know, it just, it, it appears that, you know, again, that this is sort of the main a theme, again, that, that, uh, of this great uh, commission that he's about to give. Um, we've already read these passages. Um, are they contradictory of one another? No. I mean, we got Matthew's account. We got Mark's account. We got Luke's account. Uh, obviously, they're not word for word the same, right? But, but that's fine. Uh, you know, we've got three different authors here uh, giving us through inspiration uh, what Jesus had taught about this. And so, you know, by combining these, you know, we've got um, supplement, supplementary information, don't we? 
And you know, that's sort of what we'll talk about here with sort of these, uh, these colored uh, words up here. But let's, uh, let's talk about these four alls. Right? Was Jesus a preacher? No? Jesus didn't preach? Preach sermons? Okay. Taught sermons. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to point out here is here, here in verses uh, 18 through 20, you know, here, here's a four-point lesson uh, of, of these alls that, that Jesus here gives. Right? These four alls. Um, you know, again, uh, you know, a preacher might take that and say, hey, that's a great sermon. I'm going to preach that sermon someday. And so he, he talks here about the first one, all authority. What does that mean? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, technically, the word all is called the universal quantifier. And it means nothing is left out. It's absolute. Okay. So. It doesn't say some. Right. It doesn't say a little authority. It says all, which is universal. Yeah. So Jesus has all authority. All authority. And then also, uh, you know, make sure we emphasize the, the, you know, the region that it encompasses. All authority in heaven. All authority on earth, both. both, right? All authority in heaven and on earth. <clears throat> all authority. And then he goes on and says, make disciples of all the nations. Here, here's point number two, uh, the second all, all the nations, right? So, so prior to uh, Jesus' crucifixion, Right, prior to his crucifixion, during his ministry, um, who has his teaching really been restricted to? Yeah, so, yeah, so to the Jewish nation, right? Uh, you know, he, again, he's, uh, if we go back here, you know, this is where Jesus' ministry has all taken place, right? In Galilee, Samaria, Judea. And the only time in Scripture we read of him leaving this area was when he was, you know, very young and he went down here to Egypt, right? But, uh, but he spent his whole life ministering uh, in, in this region here. And so, of course, that was, you know, the Jewish population, right? He was, uh, he was, he was sent out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, you remember the limited commission that we talked about at one point where he sent out those 70 uh, to just, again, go to uh, the, the Jews and to prepare them for uh, the kingdom. And so that's his uh, ministry, his, uh, his scope of those who he, he's been teaching has, has been restricted to, you know, the Jews for, in a sense. Now, he has taught Gentiles, hasn't he, uh, from time to time. But again, the scope of his, um, his ministry has been to the Jews, Okay, so, so now, you know, so when we look at this, uh, again, this verse here, 
you know, what's the emphasis here now? Uh, is it still to the Jews? Or, it, or we're, again, we're going to see that, that word all there, that all-encompassing word. Uh, go, therefore, does he say, go, therefore, and make disciples uh, of all the Jews? Well, no, he says all the nations, right? All the nations. And that's, you know, if you see, uh, let's see, the, the green. So, so Matthew says, go to all the nations. Mark says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Uh, again, Luke says, uh, all the nations, right? So now we've got this universal scope uh, of this gospel message uh, to, be, um, to be sent. And, you know, going back to Acts chapter 1, you know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus really gives us a timeline of the book of Acts when he says uh, to his apostles, he says, you know, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then in all of Judea and Samaria, and then even to the remotest part of the earth. All right, so now his, this ministry again has expanded uh, from, the, uh, you know, from, from when he was doing it uh, in those three and a half years to simply to the, the Jewish nation. But now this commission is for all nations, right? all people. And has this always been the plan in God's mind? You know, I, I'm thinking of uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 2, this great prophecy uh, about the church. And in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2 in particular, it says, uh, Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream into it. I think some translations might say instead of all the nations, it'll, talk, it'll say, and, and, and the Gentiles will stream into it, right? Uh, it was in the mind of God, you know, kind of uh, going back to Sunday's, Sunday morning sermon before the foundation of the world, right? That the church uh, was in his mind before the foundation of the world uh, that, you know, again, it, all nations were going to stream into it, and so uh, we see the scope of, you know, changing, but also the message is changing as well. Uh, what, was, what did Jesus and what did John the Baptist go about, uh, you know, preaching in that, those early years of his ministry? Uh, prepare, behold, the, the what is at hand. You know, behold, you know, the, the kingdom is at hand. It, it's coming. It's, it's going to be here. Uh, I'm off, I often remember uh, what Jesus says in Luke, or excuse me, Mark chapter 9, verse 1. Um, Jesus was saying to them, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Right? Jesus is saying, there are some who are standing here with me who are going to see the kingdom of God come, right? The, the, the church is going to be established during your lifetime. And we know that because uh, when we get to, you know, Paul's writings, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, I'm thinking about in particular, Paul here writes, that Jesus has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. 
Right? So that message when Jesus was on the earth was uh, prepare, right? The kingdom is coming. It, it's at hand. It's going to be here soon. And he even tells some of them, it's going to be here in your lifetime. You're going to see it come. And, of course, we know that takes place in Acts chapter 2. And later on, Paul's going to say, the kingdom's here. Right? We have been transferred into the kingdom. Right? So, again, um, all the nations, we're emphasizing here, all the nations. And how do we make disciples of all nations? Yeah, so, so take a look at, you know, hopefully it looks blue to you, but the blue uh, words up here, you know, in Matthew's account. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Uh, again, Mark says, he who has believed and has been baptized. Uh, Luke says, uh, Again, so that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. Well, if we take a look at those blue highlighted words, what does that look like to us? If we collected those words together. It's like the plan of salvation, doesn't it? Right? Believing and, and, and repentance and uh, and being baptized, right? And so um, how do we make disciples? Again, um, baptize them. Ma- excuse me, Matthew says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then at that point, are we done? No. What does he say to, to continue to do? There's still a teaching process that has to take place, right? And so, um, so again, here, here, the first all is uh, all authority has been given to Jesus. The second all is that, that all nations are going to be a part of this great commission. And number three, uh, he says there, all that I commanded you, teaching them to observe all that I uh, commanded you. And as we just noted here, you know, again, once disciples are made, our work isn't done, is it? It's not done. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we, um, you know, we, we maybe work so hard to get, you know, individuals, uh, you know, baptized that, you know, maybe we don't do as well uh, following up with them and, um, you know, keeping them or, excuse me, continue to teach them as Jesus said. I'm reminded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just, oh, when you were baptized into Christ, you know, any one of us here, uh, d- did we know everything that we needed to know? Yeah. Uh, just the beginning, right? And so um, we knew what we needed to do in order to be saved, right? But, but we still had a lot to learn. And, and that's what Jesus says here. Uh, again, teach them to ev- observe all that I commanded you. And so it's important that we uh, understand what Jesus commanded the apostles, isn't it? Uh, and so that, of course, is why, you know, um, the book of Acts through Revelation is so important for us. Uh, because that's going to be uh, what, what we need to know, uh, again, what, what Jesus there taught them. And so I was going to point out, you know, I know there's a lot of different um, 
evangelistic type of efforts, uh, programs, uh, if you will. And one that's always kind of, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but there, there's this one that I've always uh, enjoyed, um, sort of the, the uh, sort of how it's set up. And it's called uh, Reach, Teach, Keep. And maybe you're familiar with it or not, but uh, sort of the emphasis of it is that, you know, um, there's these different layers to evangelism, right? Uh, some people are really good at reaching others, you know, going door knocking, uh, inviting people to church, that type of thing, while others may be better at teaching. Right? Uh, they might feel a little intimidated going to a door or going to someone, but, you know, sitting down at a table with them and going through the scriptures might be um, a little bit more comforting to them. Uh, but then there are also those who uh, are keepers, right? And maybe they, again, don't necessarily like the reaching part, and maybe they aren't as strong in the teaching part, but they can be a keeper. They can be those who, um, you know, after they've obeyed the gospel, that they're there to, you know, again, kind of keep them in the church, right? To uh, encourage them to, hey, you know, come on over uh, Saturday and let's get together and, and talk and kind of, kind of things, encouragers, you know? And so, um, obviously, teach... Yeah, yeah, again, let's not forget this point, again, that Jesus says that when we make disciples, right, we got to keep on teaching, right, we got to keep on encouraging, we got to be there for them, and then look at the last all, and so um, we don't necessarily have the word all, but we have the word always, right, and so here's the fourth point, is that Jesus says, I am always with you, you remember when, uh, the scripture said that Jesus would be called Emmanuel. What did, what did Emmanuel mean? God with us, right? God is with us, and God promises, Jesus promises, I am, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so let's make this point. Again, uh, Matthew's account says, teach them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So who is this commission, who is this promise for? Is it just for those he was speaking to that day? For everyone, right? For all Christians, right? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is for... Uh, this is until uh, the, the end of the world, right? The, this promise, this commission. And so that means we have a responsibility, don't we? Because this isn't, this isn't a suggestion Jesus is saying. This is a command. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. How do we, how do we as a church typically uh, fulfill this effort? Or what are some different ways that we can do that? Okay, yeah, so that's one of the big things that, you know, I wanted to point out was a lot of times we think, okay, well, that passage is saying, you know, I, ha- I have to go out and start, you know, knocking doors, 
right? Or getting on the phone. And obviously that's part of it, isn't it? But, you know, us helping uh, support missionaries uh, to go places that you and I probably can't go to, um, Guyana, Suriname, uh, in India, what's yeah, India and Africa, places like that that we help support. Uh, you know that that's part of it, right? We're helping to fill that with with our the means that we give as a congregation. Uh, we are uh, fulfilling that in that way. What other ways? Yeah, so the Potter's Children Home that we also support. You know, that, that's, that's a, a, a local ministry, a local uh, mission work that we support. I don't know a lot about um, how it's operated there, but uh, when we were at preaching school, we lived next door to the Tennessee uh, Children's Home, and, and that was for boys. I think uh, Potter's is more girl, uh, female-oriented, but the... Okay, for both. Uh, the Tennessee... Uh, one that we were right by was the boys, and you know they would get boys all the time coming in. And before they left, I think the majority of them, you know, ended up obeying the gospel. Right? And uh, what a great work that that was before those boys would return home. And so, yeah, again, so there are a lot of ways that we can, uh, again, that we can fulfill this uh, great commission. But again, you know, the emphasis uh, is on us. You know, going out and teaching the gospel and then, again, um, making disciples and then uh, continue to teach them. Okay, uh, next week we'll finish uh, with uh, the end of Luke chapter 24 and we'll look at the ninth and the tenth appearance.